This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 249. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 249 we are doing a little bit of listener movie reviews as part of Movie Club for Challenge Teapots May 2020. This is kicking off a brand new four month cycle. If you remember, cast your memory back last month we concluded our four month jaunt through Hammer Horror Productions which set me up for a chance to globetrot somewhere else. I've taken us for Spanish language horror movies and with that in mind, I thought it would be interesting to tackle one which isn't necessarily all in on the horror but it certainly has many creepy, creepy elements to be sure. And I'm looking forward to hearing your reviews on this episode from my selection for 2010's Julia's Eyes. That'll be coming up after the first break. Before we get to that, as always, let's catch up. There is so much stuff coming from under the stairs. I know I'm saying that a lot these days, but trust me, I ain't letting these down. Quarantine ain't stopping this biatch. So what do you have to look forward to? Well, the start of this week, we kicked off by continuing our look through the bloody terror box set that Indicator put out, the movies by Norman J. Warren. It's a five-part series. We did part two. Myself and my guest for the entire series, Derek Bourgeois, looked at 1977's Prey. Then today, obviously, a little bit of movie club is coming your way. We're going to take things in a slightly different direction, though, a more fun direction on Saturday when we do another one of those listener choice episodes. You need to be in the Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast tomorrow, Friday, because I usually give you a four hour window and three movies to select from. Your choice will impact what movie is reviewed on Saturday. Then on Sunday, 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 it's two for one time as we do our Arrow video assortment. The randomizer picked The Endless, which means we'll be reviewing that by the great directing duo of Benson and Moorhead but of course on that disc they also put their first feature movie review as well a little movie called Resolution so we'll be doing a review of that as well so two reviews for the price of one swinging it in next week this is where business picks up we're doing the second and final instalment of our round table series looking at the Wanaverse this is Wanaverse part two Bo Ransdell, Jamie J. Sammons joining me for those titles that James Wan did not direct that are directly spun off properties he started. So that will be dropping on Monday. On Tuesday, you get a bonus review of a brand new movie called Dreamland. It's directed by the mighty Canadian directorial mind of Bruce MacDonald who will be joining me for an interview on that episode. Very much looking forward to that. He directed Pontypool, which is one of my all-time faves. So we get down and get chatty about his new movie. Then on Thursday, we'll announce what the second movie is for this Spanish language horror 
um, movie club jaunt that we're doing just now. So that drops on Thursday. On Friday, you get a bonus review of After Midnight, uh, the new movie that Arrow Video is putting out. And I'm doing, well, I'm interviewing the directors again. And I say directors because the two of them, Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella, will be joining me to chat about that movie before we get into the review of that release. So that's what you've got to look forward to on Friday. On Saturday is another Listener Choice episode, and then on Sunday, 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 it's the 88 Films Italian Collection. Over at Teapots Collective, things are getting busy. Today, we dropped a brand new instalment of Opera Omnia. We're currently working through uh, the movies of Ben Wheatley. I say we, myself, and the great voice that is Mr. Watson. We are on episode number five, so High Rise dropped today. And for the end of this week, you'll be getting a little bit of Dylan the Nasty. We are working our way through the tier three movies of the Video Nasty list, and we will be doing directly on that episode a little uh, review of such um, on Midnight from 1981 and Graduation Day from 1982. So that's your double coming there. Right, let's get into this. Your reviews coming up on this episode of Julia's Eyes. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer, and when we come back, we'll be discussing the movie through your eyes right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies? Meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies. forenses no hay duda de que Sara se quitó la vida anoche. Lo siento, Julia. Según me han informado, sufría de una enfermedad degenerativa. Una pérdida progresiva de la visión. Como mi mujer. ¿Y si no estaba sola? ¿Y si estaba con alguien? Ah, Julia, sabes que no te conviene angustiarte. Mi hermana vino aquí con un hombre, ¿no? El hombre invisible. Un vacío. Una ausencia. ¿Cómo quiere que encontremos a un hombre al que nadie parece haber visto? Ni siquiera usted. ¿Sabes que hay alguien que vigila todos nuestros movimientos? Julia. Por Dios.
and welcome back. So let's kick into this, ladies and gents. So you've just heard the trailer for Julia's Eyes. Let's start off with a brand new reviewer has entered the arena. This is our good friend, long-time listener, Kate Pollock. She says, Hi Duncan, hope you're having a great weekend. Just watched Julia's Eyes and here is my review for Movie Club. My first one, so I hope I don't fuck it up, just don't read it out if I do. So firstly, let me by, let me start by saying I expected to like this going in. I really enjoy all the Spanish horror movies I've seen so far and I think they produce really strong emotive cinema and this one did not disappoint. Let's start with the performances. The acting was great across the board, but it's our heroine Julia that really compels and portrays the strength in the character that could otherwise be conveyed as quite wimpy. Despite being almost blind or fully blind for some of it and seemingly surrounded by men who just want to limit or abuse her in some way, she believes in herself and follows her gut through in order to reveal the truth of what happened, as well as revealing other truths along the way. I really felt the connection she has with the other characters on her journey through these losses, both physical and emotional, to be very believable and portrayed in a way that displays a vulnerability without diminishing the strength I previously mentioned. Our antagonist is excellent too. His performance is truly unsettling and scary at times. His dual personality of being someone who displays such care and empathy whilst juxtaposing his cruel and violent actions, sometimes simultaneously, is done to perfection. This juxtaposition is especially effective during one or two of the final scenes and is perfect as a counterpart to Julia's deception during the tea scene. The cinematography was fantastic throughout. I thought the tension and the atmosphere were extremely effective. The use of POV shots really helped us emphasize with uh, empathize, sorry, not emphasize, empathize with our leads, as well as providing insight, no pun intended, to her experiences as her sight diminishes and allows us to feel her disorientation and build up of dread. The use of blue and grey felt art again really puts us in Julia's shoes as everything is immersed in shadow. This, along with paste and placed jump scares, created a sense of unease while only using very simple effects, making you question what you're seeing and whether Julia is to believed or if she is just suffering a huge loss and losing it a bit. I also liked how we don't see Julia's carer's face fully until she does, we're almost forced to go along the same journey as her. However, it does indicate that he's probably not who he says he is and these scenes where, where we first see the real Ivan isn't overly necessary. I wonder whether the reveal would have been more effective if we allowed to see him and assume he is who he says he is all along. Nevertheless, the use of the camera angles during these scenes makes you feel slightly disoriented and works well. I love the climatic end scene. It was so suspenseful and really reminded me of the Clarice hunting Buffalo Bill at the end of Silence of the Lambs, but with the camera flashes and not gun flashes. The close-up of Angel's face during these flashes were really scary. His expressions were excellently creepy and made me jump. The effects were cool too. The eye trauma really made me cringe, even when I know it was only threatened. Although the film is not massively gory, there are times where the gore, the practical effects, etc. were well done and didn't hold back. 
I also loved the mystery the film brings. Although I had correctly guessed a few aspects of the antagonist's true identity, it still provided enough twists and turns to keep me interested, with one last reveal at the end that really took me by surprise. Some aspects of the plot you have to suspend your disbelief for and it reminded me a little of that Buffy episode Out of Mind, Out of Sight, in which mental abuse and neglect can manifest itself physically on a person. So although a little far-fetched in my opinion, I forgave it. By the way, they ripped that off David Cronenberg's The Brood, just saying, just saying, watch The Brood, Kate, if you've never seen it before. I also think it was grounded enough in realism and wasn't too unbelievable so as to upset your viewing. I also want to mention the score. Like a lot of Spanish and South American cinema, the score is beautiful. It flows seamlessly throughout the film, one moment threatening and suspenseful, the next evocative and emotional. I think I generally just listened to some of it in my own time. It's gorgeous. Overall, I really enjoyed this movie and I'm very glad I brought it. I bought it. I definitely recommend it to others who enjoy a good bit of mystery and a bit of suspense. I don't recommend it to those affected by eye trauma. It's a 4 out of 5 from me. Excited to hear other people's reviews and thank you for including mine. Take it easy and keep safe. Laters. Thank you very much for submitting that review and Kate, you've set that bench really high for yourself. I expect one of these every movie club moving forward. Thanks very much for getting in touch. Right, let's swing it to our next review. We're going to go straight to Tim Walker. Hello to my teapots people. Well, we're back. Most of us are still under stay-at-home orders and watching lots of stuff. Me too, even though I'm essential and working tons of hours. Duncan is globetrotting though, taking us across the map like Indiana Jones from Asian countries to the UK and now to Spain for this month's movie. Julia's Eyes. It's Spanish, so I guess we should pronounce Julia as Julia. That's how they would say it. Anyway, it's a thriller, which I think it can qualify as a giallo, and I'll get to that in a minute. It stars Belen Rula, a lead actress from The Orphanage, and another halfway decent thriller I saw last year called El Pacto, aka The Pact. Julia's Eyes I saw several years ago when it was on Shudder, and I've been meaning to see it again. It's not in Shudder anymore, unfortunately, at least not in the US. First, let me make the case that this one can be viewed as a Jallo. By the way, I'm loving this already, Tim. You said Jallo. I didn't say it first. Everything is cool. It's all of my shoulders from now on. You've opened the Jallo box. It may not check every box on the Jallo tick list or the Jallo score if you checked at that website or the now defunct Jallo Chow Chow podcast, but it does check some boxes. First and foremost, blind people. There's a lot of that in Jally and Italian horror in general. You know, a lot of these movies feature blind characters. You've probably already thought of two or three off the top of your head, right? Suspiria, The Beyond, Cat and Nine Tales, or more obscure ones like Black Belly of the Tarantula or Crimes of the Black Cat. Obviously, there's a mystery aspect. Who is the killer? And he's absolutely a killer, not just a stalker. A decent-sized body count builds up by the end of the movie. There's the amateur detective aspect, which is Julia in this case. The mostly unhelpful or ineffective police, they often come to the rescue right at the end like in Bird with the Crystal Plumage and in this one too. The killer isn't the classic Jallo black glove killer type, but he is concealed for a large portion of the film. I don't even recall if he was wearing black gloves actually. Anyway, he was very Jallo-esque. 
He also is a voyeur who toys with his prey, also a trait of many jail stock killers. There are also different suspects including a red herring or two. Anyway, I don't want to make this whole review about that, but you see why one could be counting this as a neo jalo. Maybe Thesis from 1996 might be a bit more clearly a jalo, but I think this one qualifies. Now whether it's a jalo or not, do I like it? Absolutely. Now is it it's not the greatest thriller or Spanish horror film ever or anything, but it's really well done. A lot of the positives for me were covered in the Jello rundown there because I just eat that stuff up. But there's more. It's very suspenseful. Acting is of top notch, especially from uh, Ruda as Julia. It is shot extremely well. And there's some interesting POV camera work, which is another Jello trademark now that I think of it. There's also a couple of negatives or potential ones, as far as I can see, no pun intended, lots of punny reviews here. Uh, one of the big things is somebody being so much of a non-entity that people literally can't see him if he's stealthy enough. That could certainly strain cre- uh, credulity for some people. It's not enough to detract from me though, I in fact think it's an interesting idea. Someone so unassuming that he can literally slip in and out of a place without anyone noticing. It's a different kind of motive for a stalker. He's a voyeur that's obsessed with the eyesight of others and equally obsessed with never being seen in any way ever. One more of the negatives or potential one is how much bad luck can one character have? It can be a bit of a stretch, really. She's lost her eyesight and the next door neighbour immediately tries to molest and kidnap her when she runs over for help. Jesus, talk about having a bad day. Anyway, it can be a frustrating watch, but that's true for a lot of thrillers with their twists and turns. Still, it's a solid movie. I'd give it 4 stars out of 5 and it could go up more on rewatches. I will track this down in Blu-ray if it's out in the US. As for the tagline, let me try this one. Julia must stop a killer no one can see before she goes blind. Well, I hope that's sufficient. Taglines aren't my speciality, but I'm doing my best. Well, this was a good choice, Duncan, and my streak of positive reviews continues. I have some hope for the remainder of the Spanish-language movies, especially ones from the country of Spain. I'm a pretty big Spanish horror film fan, old and new. Of course, there are always exceptions, and sometimes you can find them for me, Duncan. For example, most of my Asian film reviews from several months ago. I really am a fan of Asian horror, I promise. Anyway, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. Take care, Duncan and Teapots folk from Tim. Thank you very much for sending that in, Tim. Always great to hear from you, my friend. Right, let's turn this to an audio review. Let's go to David Garrett Jr. and David says... Hello, Duncan and T-Puts listeners. David Garrett Jr. back again for May 2020's Movie Club Challenge. And on this episode, we are shifting over to Spain for Julia's Eyes. And I'm not going to attempt to try to say the title in Spanish, as I think Duncan did well enough on the episode introducing this. But this was an interesting film that I had never even heard of before. But I tried to come in pretty much as blind as I could. I guess pun intended, after he had released what movie it was going to be, 
and I just end up getting this on Netflix as I still get the DVDs in the mail and decided to give this a watch, which I did find this to be an interesting psychological thriller. And for me, it kind of feels like there are two movies in one where the first half of this feels like a giallo film, like that we're getting to see that Julia is not convinced that her sister killed herself, stating that she doesn't think her sister would do that. And then we have her husband, Isaac, who is also trying to convince her, along with an inspector, Dimas. And what I like, though, is the evidence that she is coming up with, by itself, each piece can be explained away, and there's a logical explanation by it. But altogether, we see that there is actually something to what she's saying here, but I just like that there are these grounded characters who are trying to convince her that it's all in her head. And going along with that, though, as well, is we have this man who keeps disappearing every time, and she happens to notice him. And we get some pretty creepy scenes there, like when she has the encounter at the Bauman Center with the blind women, or when they also have the encounter with the maintenance man at the motel. And then I would say that the second half of this movie becomes more of a tension-filled thriller. What I like, though, is that Yvonne, who is supposedly the nurse that's helping her, we never get to see his face while she is wearing the bandage over her eyes. So I do like that we get that to play out where the whole time I'm trying to figure out what's going on and the more and more that we get deeper into everything that is going that is happening to her, we see that she is descending more and more madness and the tension keeps ramping up, which I thought really worked all the way up to the climax that was really solid. I do also like that we have the idea of these two women being twins so that we get that initial scene where Julia knows something happens to her sister Sarah and she has this choking fit while she's at work and that they both being twins have the same degenerate condition that is causing them to go blind. And I also like at first that this gives a logical explanation as to why Sarah would have killed herself is that she couldn't handle being fully blind and that the operation failed. The interesting thing, though, is that's not necessarily the case of what is happening here. On top of that, though, Julia, it seems like the more and more that she's pushing herself to try to solve this case is what is causing her condition to act up and to rapidly happen to her. But we also see that... There's actually something going on here as the person who has been helping her is Angel, who is the son of the supposedly blind woman that was friends with Sarah and then befriends Julia during this whole investigation sequence that we have here. Something else that I would have liked to have gotten a little bit more of would be how Angel is able to do some of the things that he is. I do like the scene where he is fleeing from the hotel and just walks right past all the police and everything like that, as it does kind of incorporate the idea that he, you know, is able to be invisible and that people just ignore him so well that that is how he can do it. And something else that I thought was pretty cool was the paying homage to Halloween with what happened to the daughter and her being stuck to the wall with the knife. Thought those were both really good effects. As well as I also like what they did with eyes of people who are blind in this movie as it was pretty eerie to see. Not everything worked for me though as I do feel this movie does run a bit long. I don't necessarily know if we need two hours of everything that is going on here. Or I do think this is, could have been trimmed at least to an hour and 45 minutes. And I think it would have ran a bit tighter than what we got. And I mean, if you could have got it down to an hour and a half, I think it would have been dang near perfect for me, to be honest. Regardless, though, I do find this to be a good thriller that pays homage to some things that you would get in a Hitchcock film, I would say. And 
Also, you know, kind of being a Spanish giallo film, even though I know the purists might argue with me against that. But I end up really enjoying this film, and I'm glad you selected this, because outside of that, I probably would have never have seen this. And I can also see why Guillermo del Toro wanted to make sure that this was helped to be made as well. So my rating here on the T-Put scale is going to be a 4 out of 5. And then for the tagline, I decided to go a little bit basic on this one. And for my tagline, it is, there's more to the shadows and what meets the eye. Not very good, I know. Not the greatest at those, but I still like you kind of taking me out of my comfort zone to try to do that. But that's all I really wanted to kind of recap on my thoughts for this movie. Can't wait to see what you have in store for us next month, Duncan. And thanks you once again for doing these as well, as you seem to always pick films that I've never seen before, and I do really appreciate that. So this is David Garrett Jr. signing off. And thank you very much to David for that review. More audio reviews are incoming, ladies and gents. Let's turn it to a long-time fan of the show and a always interesting audio reviewer, Rafael Fernandez. Rafael says... Well, Tipas, folks. Julia's Eyes. The film follows Julia as she investigates her sister Sarah's death, convinced that she was murdered, while the police and her own husband, Isaac, think it was suicide from severe depression. Both sisters suffer from a disease that causes their vision to degrade, ending in total blindness. Only Sarah had it sooner. Julia's worsening eyesight complicates her sleuthing and made for some good suspenseful storytelling, culminating in a deadly confrontation with a figurative invisible man with an obsession for blind chicks. The first I'd heard about Julia's eyes was Duncan's announcement for this month. Based solely on his synopsis, I had it in my head that the movie was going to be a supernatural thriller. I predicted that Julia and her sister would have been estranged for some time, and before Sarah was murdered, her life was in a downward spiral. Julia's worsening vision, I thought, would have a supernatural, maybe ghostly cause, where the more she saw the truth about her sister's life during her investigation, the more she wished she didn't see. None of that happened, of course, but Julia's eyes was still a pretty good movie. I'm on the fence if I would call it horror or thriller, but it really doesn't matter. The story structure was well done, starting out with Julia's procedural investigation, take her on a journey that gets her husband killed, and herself targeted by a psychotic killer. I didn't have too many issues with bad logic, other than I bet an eye doctor could tell the difference between blindness by disease and blindness caused by someone injecting chemicals into eyeballs with a syringe. Related to that is I think the shots of gore and bodily trauma, like the syringe in the eyeball, were more effective and shocking because they were so sparse. I'm reminded of the disemboweled guard in The Silence of the Lambs. I really like the concept that Sarah's supposed boyfriend and suspected killer is so normal looking that nobody remembers what he looks like. He's able to hide in plain sight, disappearing into crowds and staying in the shadows. A situation worsened by Julia's fogged vision. The killer being a product of a doting mother who failed to realize that she was raising and protecting a monster was a good plot element. Her husband left her because of how rotten her son was, but she's deluded herself. There's a good Korean horror movie called Mother from 2009, where the mother of an inf- intellectually disabled man tries to prove her son's innocence for murder for most of the movie, but ends up committing murder herself to protect him. It wasn't until recently, weeks really, that I realized that Julia's eyes could be about coming to terms with incurable illness. Julia's external conflict coincides with an internal battle with her own fears. 
When the movie starts, Julia is terrified of her impending blindness, herself considering suicide rather than living without sight. Her worsening condition made her more vulnerable, and that vulnerability was exploited in the worst ways. But she had to remain strong and face her fears if she was going to survive. And I think her ordeal and her triumph gave her a new appreciation for how precious life really is. Anyway, I think the ending was life-affirming. Julia's Eyes is a well-constructed little thriller. A good movie, but honestly, I don't think I'll be returning to it too often. Thus, I will give it a 4 out of 5. And for my tagline, You'd be scared too, if you'd seen through Julia's eyes. Yeah, it sucks, I know. I look forward to hearing what everyone else has to say about this movie, and in next month's film. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you very much to Rafael Fernandez for submitting that review. And always great to hear from you, sir. Hopefully you are taking care. And all the best to you and your family in these weird, weird times that we're living in. Right, let's turn our attention forward, shall we? The next review comes in from someone that's been missing for a wee while, so it was great to hear him join back under the stairs for more Movie Club. It's from our good buddy and long-time contributor, Don Anelli. He says, Hello, Duncan and Teapots listeners. It feels great to finally have the chance to sit and look in on this month's selection after the current world crisis has prevented my entries for the last few months. Please take care of yourselves and stay safe out there, everyone. So, with that out of the way... Onto the new entry, Julia's Eyes, which is quite a coincidence that you're starting a look at Spanish horror at the same time of my own self-imposed Latin horror month that is also starting in the month of May. This is because we are twinning, my friend Don. We are twinning right now. Being a first-time watch, I thought it was a pretty solid effort. The first hour was impressive with the mystery about her sister's suicide and the race to find out what really has happened as the continuous explanations that that points to something else happening become quite interesting. Combined with some solid scares and nice gothic ambience to the whole effort, um, it has a lot to like that holds up over its minor problematic areas. This is simply way too long and running out of steam around the hour mark with the last hour feeling like a series of retreads giving this one a feeling of running through the motions with her blindness coming into question by everyone around her as the strange deaths continue around her. This could be streamlined by a good 10 to 15 minutes in order to keep the intensity without feeling like it was a repeat of everything. I also wish it would have gone in more of a true horror direction instead of being a straightforward thriller, just a personal taste, as I much prefer the genre to thrillers, as the early setup actually made this look like a ghost film and was more interest to me uh, and than this realistic type. But I'm not complaining too much about that with a final score of 3.5 out of 5 on the Netflix scale. Truthfully, it's a 3.75, but I can't go that high. As for the tagline, Julia sees the darkest horrors imaginable. Thank you very much, Don, for submitting in that review. Great to hear you back with us under the stairs. This is one of these rare occasions, where, very rare occasions, where you and Tim Walker kind of come about with the same review. Uh, both of you liking this movie, and that makes me happy. Right, in the grand tradition of the podcast Under the Stairs Movie Club, wherever he submits a review for one of these, we will always give the last word to Lee Russell from the Must Be Destroyed On Site podcast. Lee says...
Okay, Movie Club. Um, I regret missing the last one, uh, but just to summarize, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, kind of a stinker. Two and a half stars at the very most for me. Uh, it's not Hammer's worst, but it's definitely not their best. And you, you know they're struggling when they start out with a budget dime store, Christopher Lee uh, playing Dracula. Um, it's It just sucks. It, it just really sucks. And like trying to mix Kung Fu, Shaw Brothers style stuff into there, it just very ill-advised, very badly timed, and they couldn't pull it off. And that film kind of deserves to be forgotten and not included within the uh, Dracula canon in uh, The Hammer. Um, moving on to Julia's Eyes. This is one I'd never seen before, so I was interested in getting into it. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, very well done film. Hints at the supernatural here and there, although it never really goes hard into it. Um, the supernatural aspects could just be, uh, you know, the, the killer's own mental condition. Uh, it could just all just be a figment of his own twisted mind. Um, it, it's very well acted. You can feel Julia's struggle. You can feel Isaac's frustrations. Uh, and to an extent, you can feel the killer angel's pain being uh, marginalized by society to the point where he may very well feel invisible even if he's not actually able to, you know, step out of people's vision. Uh, the movie kind of does lean hard into that that is the case, but you never really know, I think. Um, and I like that. Uh, of course, the use of light, uh, whether it's like the light, the lighting itself, the shadows, or lights going on and off, especially when... Um, put up against Julia's condition bouncing back and forth from her sort of normal diminished vision to uh, even more damage as she gets more and more stressed. Um, it's very well realized. Uh, there's flourishes of uh, giallo in here um, with the mystery and uh, the killer. Um, also reminds me of films like Wait Until Dark and uh, a little bit the Eyes of Laura Mars, although Eyes of Laura Mars does not have a blind protagonist, but still a lot of who-can-she-trust kind of uh, things going on there. And also uh, Silence of the Lambs, I think, is an obvious uh, influence on this, especially when it comes to the finale. Um, gotta think Hush borrowed a bit from this as well, Mike Flanagan's Hush. Uh, when, when you kind of consider... Uh, basically all you're doing is replacing the disabilities here from um, blindness to deafness, but still a lot of the sort of same ideas, I think, uh, in place. Uh, I think my only issue with this one is it's maybe a bit too long. Uh, once the movie stops keeping us in the dark, no pun intended there, but whatever, about what's going on, I no longer felt quite as much tension uh, through about the last third third of the film, I was getting a little tired of her being captive, and I didn't like the neighbor girl side character. I thought it was a useless distraction that really didn't accomplish much, and quickly got forgotten about as soon as she got murdered. Um, yeah, that that kind of just ugh. some side characters in this could have been exercised 
This could have been chopped down by a good half hour and still retained a lot of the tension and suspense and uh, probably amplified it quite a bit, honestly, in my opinion. But um, there's just kind of minor complaints. Overall, I thought this was really, really solid, really, really good. Uh, it did some neat things that uh, I haven't seen in a lot of horror movies, especially from the modern era. So I'm going to give this a solid 4 out of 5. Thank you, Duncan. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And I look forward to seeing what everyone else has to say about this one. Cheers. Have a good one, guys. And thanks very much to Lee Russell from the Must Be Destroyed On Site podcast. Another one that comes in with a fairly positive reviews. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark this one as a success. I'm going to say that I nailed the brief. And it's only going to get better and weirder from here on out, ladies and gents. The four movies that I had programmed start off with what I would class as the weakest of the four entries. So, yeah, get ready. You will find out what that next movie is in one short week's time. So not long at all. You don't have much of any time at all to really wait before that dropped. Okay, okay, okay. Shall we do this? Shall we head out to the end of the episode? Let's wrap it up. We're taking a short break just now. When I return, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs this has been bonus episode 249 more movie club for your listening ears thank you very much to all the listeners who submitted under extraneous circumstances um, the the movie reviews for this episode it would not exist as a series on this particular show without your continued support and contribution so thank you very much for that like I said just before the break we will be doing another one of these very, very, very soon. We'll be kicking off the announcement for the next movie in a week's time, giving you about a month to get your thoughts together on the next choice in the Spanish language horror jaunt. I think that's nice to say. Jaunt through a movie club. So yeah, thank you very much to everyone who submitted in. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. As always, I say, wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe and that way you never miss any shows that we put out. And you heard that list that's coming down the tracks at the start of this episode. Tons of content you don't want to miss out. Hit subscribe. While you're subscribing, subscribe to that Teaputs Collective as well. And you're getting all the bonus shows that we put out on there under the banners of Opera Omnia, Chronicle Podcast, a little bit of where to begin with Jallo and doing the nasty. So much content, so little time jump across to our website it's tputzcast.com you can buy merch to support this show in the form of posters and pins from tputzcast.bigcartel.com visit us on facebook facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast or check out the tputz collective facebook page facebook.com forward slash tputzcast and reach out and touch myself and the baz and the twin prongs of social media sexiness instagram and twitter both can be followed at tputzcast Check us out on the Flick Chat app, social media for podcasters and listeners to interact. Flick Chat is free and available for Android and iOS users. Our join code is TPUTSCAST. The podcast under the stairs will return to you this Saturday with listener choice. Oh, that's right. Make sure you're on the Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TPUTSCAST. Tomorrow, 
when I announce what three movies you can vote on and the time you have to vote on them. That episode will drop on Saturday. And until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.